Diana Castro and you're tuning in to Leaders with a Mission. And today I have someone really special that I know you must meet. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Erika Obando and she is an active international TEDx speaker, author and transformational mentor. She guides individuals through the journey of changing the narrative of their own stories by teaching them how to reconnect with their inner child. Using her unique tools of resiliency and healing, she helps people transform the energy of feeling like a victim to being victorious. And with you, Erika. Thank you, thank you, wow. <laughs> that was quite the intro, you put a lot of flair into it. Well, I have a lot to talk about because you have been in such a journey ever since you were little. Tell us how everything started for you. So, you know, it's funny, I, when I did a TED talk, they said the same thing. They said, tell me about your entire story in 20 minutes. And I'm like, I'm, I'm Spanish. How am I supposed to do this? <laughs> um, but, it, you know, honestly, I, I grew up in a very typical Colombian household where uh, things happen and you don't ask. Uh, you just go with the flow and you do. And um, because of it, I lived through some pretty uh, traumatic situations. And um, I was a victim for a very long time from since the minute I was a five-year-old little girl that came here to the United States uh, until my adulthood. And I, I kind of fell into that victim role and just owned it um, until I decided I didn't want it anymore. And then I decided I wanted to give that victim role back and become the superhero of my own story. And uh, when I did that, my, ch my narrative changed, my life changed, and then now I'm able to take those tools and give them to people so they can also change the narrative of their stories and, you know, become better people. I love that. That was quite the... <laughs> Making it short. <laughs> I can elaborate. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit more about what happened when you came to the U.S. and, and how did you become the victim? So... Um, when I was five years old, my parents, who I was born in Colombia, and when I came here, they were looking for a better life for themselves and for their children. And so um, I was smuggled into this country when I was five years old, uh, but we were here illegally. And so uh, living a life under the radar became very stressful. And so there was a lot of, um, a lot of tension at home and things like that. And then uh, my dad, who had found um, employment in you know factory, um, ended up getting deported and we all got deported right back to Colombia. So when we're in Colombia trying to make ends meet and my dad just trying to reestablish his life and his family, uh, with a country that was in, uh, you know, in complete unrest, it, there was a lot of the cartel was coming up and all that, uh, was going on in Colombia. He just couldn't figure out how to, how to do it. And so he made one of the most difficult decisions of his life, which was we're going back. And uh, this time when we came back, we came through the Mexican border. So that I recall vividly. I don't remember when I came here when I was five, but I very, very, very vividly recall everything. I mean, I could close my eyes and be there now, um, which is an interesting, you know, position to be in, especially when I look at the news today. Wow. Oh, my God. Yes. Especially with the news today. So. Yeah. What have those lessons given you? Because they, at some point, they were painful. At some point, they were, they gave you a position of victimhood, right? So now in retrospect, what have they provided you? What did they gifted you with? I like how you use the word gifted because that's exactly when I started to give back the victim title and own my story. 
because I didn't, I didn't want to be a victim. I didn't want it to be painful. I want, I figured somebody was putting me through this for a reason. And uh, when I started looking at it with positive eyes and, and a positive um, angle, that's when it started becoming um, a tool for my life rather than a hindrance. And so I decided to look into my life. I said, okay, you know, why did I come here like this in this country? Why am I supposed to be here? And then I realized that, you know, there's a lot of people here in the U.S. that can use a story of resiliency, use a story of the challenges that happen to you in your life aren't negatives. They're lessons that the universe is gifting to you so that you can be better versions of yourself or that you can turn around and become who you're supposed to be. We're all here to leave a legacy. And it's through those challenges that you pick up the tools you need to leave that legacy. But when people look at those um, those hindrances or challenges as, oh my God, it's happening to me, as opposed to why is this happening for me, right? Then that's when you start really living out the life you're supposed to live. That's so beautiful. And something I find really fascinating about you in particular is that you're this multi-passionate, <laughs> multifaceted person that kind of like dances in all of it and makes it work. How do you do it? Well, you asked me if I sleep. <laughs> and I do, I do. Um, you know, one of the gifts that the universe gave me, and, um, and I wrote extensively about it in my book, is that uh, we, when I became a mother, uh, my son saved me. And it was because he gave me, um, he gave me an aspect about me that I didn't know I had which is you just keep going. You keep going and you do and you figure it out and you find the time. Uh, and uh, for many years, I was a single mom. Uh, and so it was me. That was it. I was the one woman show for my son and I wasn't going to let him fall through the cracks. And so in that, as he grew up and moved on to his adult life, I kind of kept that momentum. And then now I apply it to my everyday. So, you know, just the same way I'm here interviewing with you and having this great conversation, you know, I go and I do mechanics on my Jeep or I take a day where I paint or I mentor my clients. And so it's just about, you know, strategizing your life. You're, everybody has the same 24 hours. It's what you decide to do with them that, that makes it count. Oh, that was so juicy. It's like <laughs> everyone has 24 hours. And I love that because it, it puts everything into perspective, right? Mm -hmm. It gives us like, oh, wow, if she can do it, how can I not do Correct. it? So tell me a little bit about your book. You just mentioned your book. How, how, how was it born? Tell me more. Like, <laughs> I want more information. <laughs> so uh, as I mentioned, I did a TED Talk. Um, I got, someone had heard my story. I've been speaking for eight, over eight years. And someone heard my story and they're like, uh, you need to say this on a TED Talk platform. So when I did, um, a lot of people had more questions. They're like, wait, I need to know more. It was kind of like a teaser to a movie. And so I decided to take the journey of writing a book. Um, and I did it. It's ironic what, what we think we are doing for ourselves and then what the, what the universe has in store for you. I said, oh, I'm set out to write a book to help oh so many people and I'm going to, you know, be the light to so many people. But what I didn't anticipate or plan for was that my book was a healing component to me in the process of trying to help so many people, right? I didn't, I hadn't helped myself. I hadn't healed the little Erica. I hadn't done the work for myself uh, because you put yourself last as what all moms do, right? 
and so the, the process of writing the book ended up being such an amazing journey in myself that when it was done, I was able to deliver a true, real um, manual for people to use for themselves. So the book is called Without a Voice, A Woman's Journey to Resiliency. I wrote, I, I picked that title because ironically, I felt like I didn't have a voice when I was younger. And then I turned into this speaker, right? Using my voice very powerfully. And so it's a story about my journey. Uh, half of it is. And then the other half is what did I do with my journey so that the reader who is now invested in it can take tools away from it and apply it to their lives. Because it's great for them to read my story. That's fantastic. But what is it for in it for them? And that's why I was mindful of that when I wrote it so that people can walk away with something. Oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time and the healing journey that now you get to transfer to someone else. To you, what is your personal definition of leadership? Oh, I love that question because if we only did this on grander scale, we'd be a better world. The art of listening. You are not a leader until you listen to where the need is, right? If I lead because I think I know, then you're doing it for yourself. If you lead because you're listening to the people that are talking to you, that are pleading to you, that are saying, hey, I think there's a need here, that's when you lead. Um, because you remove the ego component of it and you actually are doing things community and village wise rather than just for my own title. So leadership is those who listen well and, and then execute based on what they're gathering rather than what I think should be. So it's that collective truth rather than a, an imposed directed truth by means of blindness. I love that. I've never heard that definition of leadership. Oh. And I ask the question a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. So, wow. I, as you were saying that I could think of, or the leaders that we've put in government and how much it would serve everyone for all of us to listen. Yeah. We don't have to agree and we can still witness each other and see, I see you. I, I see where you're coming from. And I, hear you, and here's another perspective. Mm -hmm. This is so beautiful. So tell me about what has been the most difficult journey for you here. Like, come to this place of becoming your own leader, to becoming a writer, to being a mentor. Like, for you, what has been the thing that you feel like you've struggled with the most? Um, believing. Um, sometimes we get caught in what society needs us to be. And... With that comes a bunch of rules and regulations and cages and boxes, and you have to fit into these molds in order for people to accept you. Um, when I started to kind of break down all of those barriers, that's when I started to see that I'm going to be me. There's only one of me, and I have, I have a responsibility to be me. Um, and it was the most amazing discovery. And it came with the book, it came with speaking, it came with mentoring, um, that confidence, but not cockiness, right? Because a lot of, we've, we see this in a lot of people where the, the, there's, oh, but here I am, right? It's not about that. It's about where do I serve? Where, I'm here to serve. So where do you need me to serve? And uh, when you come to terms with that understanding of your being, That's, that's probably one of the biggest highlights in my life. Um, and I overcame those, those challenges by doing that work, 
what am I really here for? Am I here to serve my neighbor who doesn't like me? Or am I here to serve because there's a higher being or a higher purpose for my life? Um, I always say, and I love to do this because for many years, I had to work on this resume. I had to build my resume. And then I'm like, am I really here to build that resume? Or am I here to leave a legacy? And when you really, you know, uh, start defining what that looks like for you, everything starts showing up. I, uh, I took a jump, a leap of faith, and I'm like, I'm going to be an author. I'm going to be a speaker and I'm going to be a mentor. And what does that look like? I had no clue. <laughs> but the minute you trust the energy, the minute you trust and start listening to that inner voice that won't shut up because it's not supposed to, it's supposed to guide you to what you're supposed to do. The minute you do that, the steps appear. And then all of a sudden, this opportunity shows up. Everything. You're not supposed to focus on the how. Just focus on the why. You know the why. It's calling from within. When you focus on the why, the how shows up. I love it. I love it. You talk about legacy. What's the legacy you want to leave in this world? Oh. I want someone to say, I found my voice because of something that I said or something that I did. Um, without a voice isn't just my voice. It's giving voice to the voiceless. And if I can come alongside, because it's not even taking over, if I can come alongside people and help them heal that inner child or reconcile with their past so that they can bring those tools into their adulthood and then finally live that happy life, right? Because happiness is inside, but you got to guide people to understanding that. If, if I can help one person say, I fulfilled who I was supposed to be because Erica guided me or, or I, I learned something from her, then that's my legacy. Oh my God. Living through someone else's, um, finding their light. I got that's beautiful, Erica. How can people find you, learn more about what you do, just get in touch with you? So my website, Erica Obando, Erica with a K. Why do I have to say that all the time? I'm not sure, but it's Erica with a K, EricaObando.com. And I'm on all social media. And hopefully you'll be seeing me on, uh, on um, national interviews soon. No, hopefully. No, no, no. When? Definitely. <laughs> There, there, there. I learned something today. Beautiful. So if you are looking to make a bigger impact, if you're here for a reason and you want to lead the way, then hello, you need to get your message out. And I would love to support you on that journey. Please visit us at fourproductions.com and let's have a conversation. See you in the next one.